The Bible lets us know the ones in darkness had seen a great light. Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Nobody else in history ever declared that and followed through with everything that he said he would do. Uh, if you, I would just take your Bibles, if you happen to have them, if you didn't bring a Bible, that's all right. If somebody is around you, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. And there are just a couple of verses of scripture that I want to read to you. I won't read the whole passage. I remember uh, holding both of my children for the very first time. Uh, being in the hospital room when my two daughters were born. They were three and a half years apart. And I remember the feeling that I got as a dad, uh, which certainly does not even come close to the feeling that a mom gets. But we dads, you know, we, we, we feel it, and I felt it. There is no doubt about it. When I saw those two little round faces for the very first time, and I looked into their faces and their eyes, and they're, they're still developing as a baby and as an infant. They are full of promise, but they don't know they're full of promise. As they grow, they become, you realize, they're more full of promise than you could have ever dreamed. And you begin to imagine, at least I know I did, as a father, I began to imagine what my two children will be like in 20 years. And now one is eight and the other is four. And I still find myself imagining, not wishing they would grow up fast, but just wondering what the, their destiny is, what it is, where it is that they will be, what they'll be doing, what pursuits in life are they going to have. If somebody could come up to me and say, Jamie is destined to do this, and Riley is destined to do this, I might look at them and say, well, that's great, but how do you know? I hope that that might be true if it's something wonderful and something they would enjoy and they would be passionate about. Then great, that would be wonderful. But there isn't anybody on this earth who can say that about your child or my child or anybody's children. But there was an interesting thing that took place just shortly after Jesus was born. The Bible lets us know in Luke chapter 2, it records for us the story that eight days after he was born, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple as was the custom for them to do for male newborn children. Every, after eight days, they would present them to the temple for a special ceremony there. And as they walked into the temple, there were two people that they would come to meet who we don't know if Mary and Joseph knew them at all. It seems as though they probably didn't. But this one man was a man by the name of Simeon. And Simeon, the Bible lets us know, the Lord had promised to him, he was an elderly man, but had promised to him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. He promised him. And all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph walked through the door. Now, I realize artist conception, you know, put the child Jesus in, in the infant Jesus in Mary's arms and the artist, you know, put this halo right above his head. You know, you, I don't know if you've seen it. I have. And they put the halo there and, and you know that's the baby Jesus. There was no halo. There was nothing actually about this newborn baby that would cause anybody to stop and take notice. 
In fact, he might have been one out of many who were walking into the temple that day. And, and on that particular moment, being presented before the high priest and the, the rite of circumcision being performed on him as a, as a newborn baby boy. Being presented before the Lord. He could have been one out of many, but Simeon saw Mary and Joseph walk through the door. No halos, nothing different, nothing special. But I want you to hear what it is that he says right at the end. He talks and he says something. He prays to the Lord, but then in verses 34 and 35, he says this, this earlier part almost in the presence of everybody. But now... It's almost as if he takes Mary aside because the Bible says that he said it to the boy's mother. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child, now I want you to hear this, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Think about that for a second. Mary, I need you to know this. The Holy Spirit revealed this to him. I need you to know that your child will cause the falling and the rising of many. If somebody walked up to you and they said, excuse me, you have a little child, you have a little baby, I want you to know that your child will cause the falling and the rising of many in this country. You could probably take about five steps back and say, who in the world is this nut? Not my child. I have big dreams for my child. Don't all parents have big dreams for their children? But you see, Mary and Joseph were already sort of clued in on what Jesus was going to do. Because the Bible says, earlier and it says in the book, the gospel of Matthew, it tells us that when the, the angel appeared to Joseph and told Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because this child will come and will save his people from their sins. Joseph, in his mind, understood that Jesus had something great that he was going to accomplish. But this part that really kind of struck me was the part of the falling. You know, the rising, I understand, that word rising can actually mean a resurrection. Well, Jesus said these words at the tomb of Lazarus later on in his ministry, I am the resurrection and the life. And he called Lazarus out of the tomb. But this falling, what does it mean? You see, there are only two reasons for these two things. You fall because you reject him. You rise because you receive him. He will cause the falling and the rising. And we see it. You read, if you have taken time to read through the Gospels, and I would encourage you to do that. You've taken time to read through the Gospels. You look and you see in Scripture how it was that as Jesus began to teach, as he began to heal, as he began to do a number of things in his ministry, there were many who fell as a result of what it was that he did. There was a man who came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? That's the most important question you could ever ask. What do I need to do to be saved? Not what can I get out of church? Not what can I get when I come to church? But what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus saw that the man was a rich man. He, had, he was wealthy, he had money. And Jesus looked at him and he said, what have you done? What does the law tell you? He said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Absolutely, that's great. And he said, I've done that, Lord. He summed up the law in two phrases, and Jesus agreed with him. He said, I've done all that. Jesus looked at him and saw that there was something in his heart that was more dear to him than God. And he said, I want you to go sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. And the Bible says that the man turned around and said, I, you know, he walked away, hung his head, can't do it. I can't part with my wealth. Now, Jesus was not saying those who are wealthy should just get rid of everything that they have. But the question is, what is it in our lives that's causing us to reject Jesus? What is it in our lives that we are unwilling to let go of and part with? Listen, the Bible says that when Jesus came into the world, he would save his people from their sins. But he can only save those who are willing to receive him. That's the only thing. Look, we can say, well, I go to church. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad woman. I'm not a bad person. And you can say all of those things. And you might not be that kind of an individual that the police are always knocking on your door. But I'm here to let you know today that the Bible tells us that there is no one righteous, not even one. And we need a Savior. And the ensemble just sang about the fact that Jesus came to be a Savior The Bible says that this child was destined to cause the falling and the rising of many. There's only one reason why you fall when you encounter Jesus, and it is because we reject him. It's not for me. Maybe you might be here today and you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, I've done some horrific things in my life. There is no way that God would ever, ever love me. I've done some terrible things. I've done some really bad things, and nobody in this life can honestly say that they love me. How would I even think that God would say that he loves me? But I need you to know today that God's love is not like the human love that you and I have. It's so fickle, isn't it? How many of you ever had friends that walked out on you? How many of you ever had been in a relationship that ended badly and they just walked away from you when you needed them most? Many of us have been have encountered things like that in life. But God will never leave you. He says, I will never leave you. I will never, ever, ever forsake you. It's so simple to receive. We've made it more difficult. Religion has made it more difficult. The basis of Christianity is not that you adhere to everything that you hear immediately because you know what? It takes time for us to get all of this into our system and into our hearts. But we receive Christ and what he has done on the cross by faith. It is by faith alone. It's not by anything that you can do. The, 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 the Apostle Paul wrote and said, it's not by works of righteousness, lest anyone can boast. In other words, saying, Lord, I, I did this on my own. I earned my salvation. There isn't anybody who can earn what it is that this child Jesus came to this earth to accomplish. There isn't anybody in this building today. I don't care how bad you've been. I'm here to let you know that he was also destined for something else. Yes, he certainly caused the falling of many. You look at the scene of the cross and you realize that there were those and leading up to the crucifixion, all of the religious leaders and the scribes and the Pharisees and all of the people who were shouting for his crucifixion to take him down and crucify him and, and, and all of the things that took place, they fell. But there were those who rose. There were those that saw, without him, I am nothing. I love what, what, what happened one day, what Peter said one day. Jesus said some things that were very difficult for his disciples. Many of the disciples 
not the 12, but a larger group of disciples to really grab onto. And, and the Bible says that some of them were offended at what he said. Don't tell me what to do, Jesus. Uh, things haven't changed, have they? I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm not going to have God tell me what to do. But you, you, Peter said on this particular day as Jesus turned and he saw, the Bible says about these disciples that they turned and walked with him no more. And Jesus saw this happening and he said to his 12 disciples, he said, you guys going to go too? Are you going to leave too? Peter said one of the most powerful things that Peter has, has said in all of the gospels. He said, Lord, where are we going to go? To whom else are we going to go? Who else has the words to eternal life? There isn't anybody. There isn't anybody. Jesus alone is the light of the world. He alone is the light of life. And he has come into this world to bring light to your life, to be your light, to show you that there is a way to eternal life. None of us, we know this. We're not living forever. We know that. We're, get, we're all getting older, whether gracefully or not so gracefully. We're all getting older. And we know that one day, sooner or later, it's going to happen. And for many, we just, we sort of just, we try to push that away. We don't want to think about that. But you know, that's the most important time in your life, believe it or not. Because it is there that, that you will enter into eternity. And the question is, which way are you going to go? Are you going to be one of the ones that fell and rejected Jesus? Or are you going to be one of the ones that rise? Because those who accept Christ Jesus, the Bible shows us that they one day will rise. There will be a resurrection. There will be a rising and he will change us. And the Bible says, and John writes in one of his epistles, he says, for we will see him, we'll be like him, for we'll see him as he is. I want every head bowed and every eye closed this morning.